Hi, and welcome to another podcast with the Tax-Free Crypto Podcast. So delighted that you're tuned in again. Thank you for following our journey. Hopefully the information that we give you, the content that we give you is something that helps you to be a more informed trader and investor. One of the privileges that I have working for the company is I get to travel quite a bit and do a lot of education. And I get to run into some pretty unique people, people that inspire me, people that teach me. And today we are privileged to have Tim Story on our podcast with us today. I heard him speak, first of all, in the Los Angeles area at a large event, then a privileged again to hear him in New York City at another event I was at. He's very inspirational. He's known as the original comeback coach. He's a thought leader. He's a life strategist. He's an author. He's a speaker. He's a counselor. And more importantly than that, personally to me, He's, he's a friend to me, and he's been really a big influence in my life as I've followed his content and his teaching. So uh, we're delighted to have Tim Story. Tim, welcome to the podcast. Man, what an introduction. <laughs> I appreciate that. And great to see you again. And we are friends. And I'm excited about what you guys are doing, because I think you're helping to make crypto not such a... Um, kind of intimidating word. I think anytime there's changes, right? And when people begin to talk about Bitcoin, crypto, NFTs, a lot of people begin to shrink back, yeah. but you're educating us and helping us how to move forward with currency. Yeah, you just, you don't know what you don't know. Um, you know, people in my family always laugh. They'll say, especially those that don't understand. It's always like, Eric, you and your magical internet money or, you know, stuff like that, because you don't know what you don't know. And we talk about adoption rates a lot on this show. And I love, especially your teaching about mindsets. And I, I hope that you, you actually take us on a journey with that today. But when we look at the adoption rates, when it comes from crypto, uh, uh, the adoption rates among the, amongst the public, it's actually following that trajectory of yes. how the internet was accepted. And the internet came around in 83, but it really wasn't used till the mid nineties, right? 14, 15 years go by and finally it's a success. And that's what we're seeing with crypto. So uh, I, I appreciate what you say, but I, I really am just trying to make it uh, aware to people that it's a viable thing to invest in. Yeah. So the, if you were to break down the word new N E W in one dictionary definition, it means never been done before. Mm. And it's amazing that a lot of people are afraid of something that has never been done before. So mm -hmm. people want newness in their life. They like new shoes. Uh, a woman may want a new hairdo. Someone may want a new house. But now we're talking about new ways of dealing with finance and currency and trade and bar bartering and people get afraid of never been done before. So mm. as you know, there's a lady by the name of Carol Dweck mm. who uh, teaches at Stanford University. And she talks about the difference between the growth mindset and the fixed mindset. And so as you're doing with your company is you are teaching us, because I'm also a student, a growth mindset of where we can go 
in cryptocurrency. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited about new, never been done before, because new things can take us to new levels, no mm-hmm. doubt about it. Mm-hmm. It, it certainly can. I mean, you know, uh, whether you're a person of faith or uh, maybe somebody searching for faith, I mean, there's that biblical principle that old things are passed away and all things are become new. Like yeah. in order to get what you want and know where you're going, there has to be change along the way. Uh, and so I, I'm honored to be a part of the education of people uh, for doing such things. And that's why I love your content so much and was incredibly thrilled uh, to know that you'd give us the time of day on our podcast. So thanks yes. again, Tim, for that. So, so Eric, let's talk a little bit about the, the miracle mentality towards money. So my, okay. my latest book, Miracle Mentality with Harper Collins, uh, talks about the mentality, which is the mindset. And it has been said before, probably for a hundred years, your mindset is yours to set. Mm. Your mindset is yours to set. So where do we choose to set our mind? So your mindset is yours to set, but your mindset is also a perspective and it is a point of view. Okay. So if your mindset is, is stuck on, I'm going to retire at age 65 and then I'm going to get social security and then I have other benefits. Well, a lot of that has changed, people. Mm-hmm. And so it's like this idea of multiple streams of income. Mm. It used to be that you could like work at one job, retire, get a watch, and then get your proper retirement. But now it really is multiple streams of income. So our mindset has to change, our perspective, our point of view. So but a miracle mentality, mm. as you know, Eric, is something extraordinary, right? uncommon, and not regular. So we could take a miracle mentality and attach it to the way we think about money. And that's what I've been doing since I was about 20 years of age. Wow. That's, that's amazing. Uh, because really, a lot of what happens, a lot of the things that hold us back... Yeah, before I, I guess I get into that thought, I don't, I don't want to take away from a, a beautiful analogy you gave one time about uh, being on the, the low end uh, or the yeah. small diving board. Would you mind sharing that? No, I, I, I like that you love that story. Is that <laughs> I do. When I was, when I was a kid um, growing up, first we started in a place called Compton, California. That's Los Angeles. And then uh, we moved to a place called Whittier, California. And, um, I remember going to the um, high school swimming pool. I was eight years of age. And they had the low dive, the mid dive, and the high dive. Some of you guys remember this in the high schools. A low dive, mid dive, and a high dive. The low dive was pretty easy because it was low. The mid is where most people stayed. The high dive is only where some people you know, ventured to. And this idea of the high dive is so scary to people about taking that type of risk. But don't forget this saying, the bigger the risk, Mm. the bigger the reward. Mm. The bigger the risk, the bigger the reward. And sometimes you just have to master that middle dive to build your faith to then master that high dive. Mm. 
And so that's what Eric is teaching and his team, and even on this podcast, for us to become masters at the low dive, masters at the middle dive, and you'll learn to master the high dive. Man, when you start to master the high dive, you'll gain faith, not just in money, but in other areas of your life. Mm. That is so helpful. And I really do hope uh, the people who hear that it helps release their mind to like, man, I, I truly can do what I put my mindset toward. Uh, yes. and, and boy, I just absolutely enjoy that because of what people are afraid of, right? They're afraid of the unknown or um, I like the acronym. I think Zig Ziglar came up with it with fear, which is yes. false evidence appearing real. Right. Yes. 100%. Yeah. We, we, we miss out on things uh, uh, and we worry about things that never happen and, and we miss out on things that should have happened, but, but fear holds us back. Yeah. I, I, I was really taught a lot in finance about from uh, a man named Lee Iacocca mm. and the older generation would really know him. He was like the Richard Branson of his day or almost like a Jeff Bezos for what Iacocca did in the automotive world and also helping to restore the Statue of Liberty. But Iacocca was such a mighty man, people even wanted him to run for president of the United States. And he was my dear friend for 26 years until he passed. But he said, Tim, you teach me about spirituality and I'll teach you about money. Mm. And one thing that he taught me is that money is my friend. A lot of people, when they get money, it's almost like it's hot potato. Mm. So it's this idea of this game, like if you have a potato, like a actual potato, and throw <laughs> it at somebody and they're like, they're just going hot potato, hot potato, hot potato. How do I get rid of it? And he said to me, you have to embrace it. Mm. You have to embrace it. And you, you need to know, this is my friend. So now what should I do with my friend? That's I don't want to just uh, splurge my friend away. I want to make proper investments with my friend. I want to respect my friend. Man, when he taught me that money is my friend, mm. gives you a different mentality. Mm -hmm. It gives you a miracle mentality. And so cryptocurrency can be your friend, mm -hmm. but it has to be utilized correctly and that is true is that correct eric oh 100 percent. i mean uh, because you don't know what you don't know uh the investments that we make you know i would never and you know i'm not a financial advisor but i would never tell somebody to go all in on any kind of particular sort of investment but i would say that the money that you do a lot for investments across the board of whatever type of investments you like to make I honestly believe a portion of it should be in, in the cryptocurrency market. Uh, that's yeah. that because of where it's going. And you bring, bring up the idea of utility. Uh, I think that's very important because Bitcoin, for example, had a blockchain. And yeah. my students should know about what a blockchain is that was created specifically for cryptocurrency. But right now, Walmart is now using the same blockchain technology that was invented for Bitcoin as how they track their damaged goods throughout their dis distribution centers. So that's utility now. So now that's commodity. Ethereum, uh, which is coming up with all different sorts of, of products that are that are utilized and used. Solana Pay, we talked about on a recent podcast where, you know, MasterCard and Visa, they charge usually 1.15% plus 5 cents or 30 cents. So if you spend $1,000, you're spending 
11 12 dollars in fees right um, as a merchant or a solana pay no matter if it's one dollar or a thousand dollars you're paying 0. 0.00025 fifths of a cent like it's not even a full penny and so the adoption so you're seeing that utility uh so the more people know right the more confident they get you start as your analogy says you're on the low dive you get the yeah. confidence for the medium and, and then the high yeah and the, and the beauty of this is that uh, anybody can learn about crypto at any stage of your life. So if you're a teenager watching right now or in your 20s all the way into your 80s, you can learn. And it's it's like a language. A lot of people get very intimidated by languages. Mm -hmm. but there are people that are mastering a language in a 12-month period and literally mastering a language. Mm. So to know that you could be a master in the area of of uh, cryptocurrency in a shorter period of time yeah. is really an awesome thing. So I think, Eric, I'm proud of you because you're you're helping to take us on a journey because this is new territory. But, you know, I think we're made to be pioneers. Mm -hmm. We're made to be trailblazers. It's in all of our DNA as human beings. And we just have to take the risk and get out there and do it. Yeah, yeah. You know, I I uh, uh, didn't come from a a family with means, and and, and that's a a big story, yeah. You know, that's told countless times. So there there's nothing special about my story except that it's mine, uh, yeah. In, in the sense that, um, you know, not coming from means and not having understanding. I honestly, Tim, I I came from a family where I thought if I had checks in my checkbook that I had money, right? But I, I I didn't realize the concept of it. It was it was frivolous spending is what I saw modeled uh, in in the households that I grew up in. I grew up until my uh, through my adolescent years with a single mom, and then when, as a boy, too much from mom. She I then grew up with this my single father uh, until he actually had passed away. But uh, from that modeling, I didn't really learn or, or hear much about it. So when I came uh, in my faith, mm -hmm. uh, because a church had reached out, and that's a, where I ended up getting my uh, seminary degree and, and my undergrad, and and I actually had pastored for a while. Yeah, I, I was in that Dave Ramsey mentality. Nothing wrong with Dave. He 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 taught me habits. My wife and I habits, and uh, I'm I'm proud to say, uh, Tim, I'm 43 years old, and I haven't had any debt. I own uh, all the homes that we own, whether they're rentals or personal. All, all of our vehicles, no credit card debt, but we learned those principles that allowed me to have leverage to then leverage these assets, which was not something Dave taught. I get yeah. to leverage the assets for investing in our future. So now I look at, you know, what my kids are now learning based on these risks, the things that you're talking about, the risk, the education, and so on. So I, I didn't mean to go on that ramble, but gosh, no, no, but that's, but that's so very good. But let's go back to your childhood. Um, as they say, your story is your story. So you you felt uh, a little bit of that squeeze of only having so much money. Yeah. And anybody that's watching, guys, you know, because we've all been there at one point in our lives, it's not a good feeling. Because mm -hmm. I, I deal with a lot of high net worth people, as you know, in my life coaching. And some of them, you know, they're worth a lot, a lot of money. But, you know, they can lose a lot, a lot of money in the stock market and you should see the look on their face. It's not a good. One. So we've all had that feeling of the squeeze. Mm -hmm. And when that fear hits, as you talked about earlier with Zig Ziglar, mm -hmm. uh, 
there's a scripture in the Bible, the fear of a man brings a snare. Mm. And what that means, it, it literally can just capture you in a, in a place, paralyze you in a place. And so what Eric is doing on this podcast is educating us up and out, mm. up and out. So continue to learn from his podcast and his programs because he's he's educating us up and out. And, um, you know, what he's talking about is here to stay. And there's going to be more things that are added, like a Lego. So we might as well start now, right? That's so good. I, You know, what's so interesting is, is you speak from this beautiful heart and uh, when I when I talk to younger folks about mm -hmm. cryptocurrency, many of them say, uh, oh, I already trade in crypto. And then I say, great, let's get you set up through a Roth IRA so that your gains can be tax free. Oh, I'm going to live forever. I don't need a retirement account. Right. And then when it comes to the older generation or 55 and above the people that have all the money, uh, that's when they dismiss it. Crypto schmipto. So there's this this balance of education I'm trying to give to both of them, which is why this, uh, uh, you know, in the news, the spot Bitcoin ETF is going to be very important. That's when yeah. institutional money gets to come in. So my advice or this podcast is is telling you, hey, because of this, and then Bitcoin is going into their next halving in, in April and May, price is only going to go up. And if you could have a vehicle, a tax-free vehicle with which you can make an investment to see your gains rise without paying the taxes, it's it's beautiful timing, uh, and, and and the older generation ought to know that, and they probably trust, unfortunately, the SEC more. Uh, so if they approve this spot Bitcoin ETF, it's just all rise from there, right? Yeah, and I and I'm liking how you're thinking because let's say if you have eight pieces of the pie, yeah, we're not we're not saying to invest it all in one side. So Eric has talked about a little bit about some of his investments, which would be like in the area of property. And so uh, a lot of us that do investments, we we do stocks, we do properties, maybe we buy into other companies. There's, there's different things that we do and we diversify yeah. our portfolio. And so, but in, in all these areas, you can master them. Mm -hmm. you, can, you can really master them. And you don't have to just rely on one woman or one man to just continue to show you the way. I think, Eric, one of the things you're doing in mentoring and tutoring people, you want them to be so good that they could teach their children's children. Yeah. Yeah, I want because truly uh, uh, I did a podcast, had a guest on um, a few weeks ago, and he said something that I, it just really stuck with me. He said the hoarding of knowledge has been the greatest sin of mankind. Yes. We're not being even the scriptural principle. Don't just be hearers. You have yes. to be doers, right? So the hoarding of that knowledge is 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 awful. So the best gift you can give your child, right? Hope is not going to come from uh, the White House. It's not going to come from the schoolhouse. Uh, and as a former pastor, hope doesn't come from the church house. It, it comes from your house, right? Like you are the discipler of your child. You are the educator of your child. And, and what I love about what I call self-directed investments you know, uh, get into a self-directed custodian because people understand, Tim, they understand like self-directed consumption, right? Where, hey, mm -hmm. Walmart has this on sale, I'll go there. 
Uh, Kroger has this on sale. I'll go there. This gas station's a nickel cheaper. So when it comes to our consumption, we we self-direct. But but Tim, why do you think people are afraid to self-direct their investments? Like why give I, it I, to somebody and wish for the best? Well, you're 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 doing some really great teaching that um, it's biblically based. So let's go to Hosea four six. It says, "My people are destroyed for their lack of knowledge." Mm -hmm or even lack of information. Mm -hmm. The word destroy in the Hebrew means they are unraveling. Mm -hmm. And so what's happening is that because of not knowing, it's easy to just stay paralyzed and say, okay, this is overwhelming. How do I pay taxes? It's overwhelming. It's overwhelming about what I'm being taxed on. Mm -hmm. Should I move to another state? What should I do? Right. Um, and so many times when people are overwhelmed, they just pass the ball. They just right. go, you know, I hand it off to you, tax guy. Mm -hmm. um, but that's not what we're looking for. We're looking for you not to be overwhelmed. So you don't have to be uh, intimidated, frustrated, and overwhelmed. Right. When you have knowledge and information, you are actually motivated and right. stimulated. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah, I'm motivated and stimulated because I started getting around really uh, smart men. But um, like a lot of people think because I lived in Beverly Hills for so many years and and had great houses and and live a good life uh, that that I think at a certain way. Well, I do have a miracle mentality, right. but I'm also still very conservative, like. I'm really into hitting a base hit mm -hmm. and going to second base, going to third base and coming home. So there's very few times in an investment where I'm trying to hit a grand slam mm -hmm. or even a home run. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to get on base. And I learned that from really wise Titans, guys that have built some amazing wealth. Mm -hmm. I, I love that so much um, because so many of us, especially, uh, Again, I, I talk to generations a lot, but I, I God has blessed me with four daughters. It's either a blessing or a curse. I, I'm still trying to figure it out. My oldest is in college and uh, my anyway, so four daughters. So with, with that mentality of me being able to pass on some of these knowledges, because I don't want them to have the same kind of fears yeah. I have. I don't want them to be held back because uh, of their, that you just don't know what you don't know. As an example, my dad, he was born and raised in Louisiana, um, out, just outside of New Orleans in a little town called Metairie or one of the suburbs. Oh, I know. I know of Metairie, of course. OK, so there my dad had a unique accent. Um, yeah. Now, you know, I was born in Anaheim and then grew up in Anchorage when my mom left him and we went up to Anchorage yeah. and then I ended up in Reno. Reno is where I call home, Nevada. And so I'd never visited Louisiana, so I thought everybody talked the way my dad did. Was his was it a little bit Cajun? A little oh, bit like very Jesse Cajun, like Jesse yeah. Duplass. He yeah. curse us out in French. Um, so the only French I know is cuss words, unfortunately. So uh, <laughs> the Lord, the Lord hasn't called me to be a missionary in France as a result of that. But regardless, <laughs> he would he would say "cuhats." He would talk about something and then say "cuhat." So for years and years, I thought that term applied to this specific clothing. Yeah. And, and I remember, Tim, as, as an adult, I went into a store and I needed to buy some of these. 
And I said, hey, where's your Kuhat section? And the, the employee was like, what, what are you talking about? You know, your Kuhats. And as I began to sp- explain it, she goes, oh, do you mean Carhartts? Yeah. <laughs> I said, yeah, Carhartts, I guess. Meaning because of the information that my my dad gave me, I innocently went through life embarrassed and not even knowing I was embarrassed be- just because that was my culture, right? Like, yes. We need to be culture breakers within our own family structures and family Very culture, good. right? Very good. Very good. And it's and as as you're saying that it can start, you know, very very small. It's it's like um, it's like a child who first crawls, right? So excited to stand, and then so excited to to walk, right? And then they someday later in life they start to run, mm-hmm. and then but in 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 what we're teaching, we think we can soar in finances. Mm-hmm. You I want to get to the point where I call it legal leverage, legal mm-hmm. leverage. I, I like knowing that if something happens to my mother, I can handle them. I pay for anything. Or if something happens to somebody in my family, I can pay for it. That gives me legal leverage. So I, I don't really want show off money because I really don't have anybody to show off to. But I do want legal leverage money where mm-hmm. I can handle the needs that I that I need to take care of. And sometimes desires of things that I think that, you know, would be cool to have because I've worked so hard. Right, right. What I find, uh, you know, so much within, you know, again, generational understandings of things is, you know, the younger generation, they seem to want grandpa's money now, but grandpa worked 50 years for it. Now, there are avenues where you can make. Uh, a substantial amount uh, of money because of how the world works today, whether it's a skill, a talent, certain investments that you get in at the right time, for sure. But the mentality, they don't have the step mentality. So these, these young people that get famous real quick and then they blow their money or we see it in professional athletics all the time. Come from it. So they're not, they're not uh, uh, doing the, the, the crawl, walk, run, they are going from a crawl to a run or, or that's what they think they want. And that's where I think the other biblical principle of the love of money, right. Is that root of evil. It's not money itself because money yeah. is my friend, right. You just taught us that principle. So, so yeah. true. It's a tool, but we, yeah. we come up with the love of it because we want to go, we want to skip all the steps to get it right. Yeah. That's, that's great. That's great thinking, Eric. And so, as you know, the word love is almost, <laughs> to to covet to covet mm-hmm. so it is a it's a it's an unhealthy attraction to and to where you covet and in and, and what what you find there when somebody has a that healthy uh, unhealthy attraction to money you also see jealousy and envy coming in mm-hmm. so I, I have a lot of friends and as you do that have airplanes or even $40 million homes. And I don't covet what they have. I really don't. I think that that's what they do. Uh, I've been called to be a humanitarian who runs a lot of businesses and I've been fortunate to do well. But what were the level of wealth that they're at, that's, that's congratulations. And so it's nice to have a healthier view of money than you can applaud other people that are doing well as well. 
I love that so much, uh, Tim, but let's do this. Let's land this plane. I appreciate your time. If you could just give our audience, uh, those yeah. that listen to you and those that sheepishly follow me a little bit, uh, can you give maybe a word of advice or, or a word of knowledge of wisdom uh, to them uh, before we sign off? And then uh, after you do that, if you can just tell people, uh, again, your, your book, uh, where to follow you on socials, and if they ever wanted to contact you yeah, uh, via okay. email or an assistant, you can give that as well. Okay, so uh, number one, I think that to get a miracle mentality, you first have to believe in miracles. And um, you go from believing in miracles to expecting miracles. And a lot of you believe, but you don't expect. Mm. So if you have Amazon Prime and you order something, you know it's going to come the next day. So you keep opening the door the next day looking for your box. So you go, got to go from believing in miracles, expecting miracles, and then receiving miracles. Don't be afraid to receive miracles, okay? Because prayers do get answered and miracles are coming your way. So you believe, you expect, you receive, and then you'll become a miracle where you'll say, my goodness, what happened in my life? Well, you become a miracle. You became a miracle so you could start releasing miracles. You cannot give what you do not have. You could release miracles on your children's children. You could release miracles on other humanitarian efforts. You can release miracles to the world, okay? So let's be miracle releasers. In order to find me, timstory.com, and they'll put it in here, but it's T-I-M-S-T-O-R-E-Y.com. And my Instagram is Tim Story Official. If you'd like to be life coached by me on the Miracle Mentality, just DM me and say, Tim, I like what you did, what you said, and how do I go about life coaching with you? Just DM us. But I just want to say, Eric, so proud of you. Glad that we're friends. Glad that we're flowing with the same company. And I'll keep seeing you on the road at these Aspire Tours, that's for sure. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Thank you for your time. I appreciate you uh, with your busy schedule and the uh, the people that you're influencing, uh, just that I can uh, get a, a touch of your miracle, if you will. Uh, I'm very grateful for that. So thank you, Tim. And thank you, everybody, for tuning in to the Tax-Free Crypto Podcast.